May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please take a seat, my friends. The world looks radically different from up here. This is the first time I've used one of these, so uh, this is different. But let me start by asking you a question. Have you ever been offended? It's quite an easy one, isn't it? I imagine everybody's thinking, well, yeah, absolutely, I have. Some may even be thinking I've been offended this morning. If not, I'll get to you, all right? I'm only one man. But what caused the offence? Maybe it's something that someone else has said to us, or maybe they've said something in our earshot, and we think, oh, that's not right. Maybe it's something that hasn't been said to us. Maybe we thought we would do a thank you, and we didn't get it. We could be offended because something someone's done to us. Or maybe it's something they didn't do when we felt like they should. And now, of course, this morning I actually had quite a few sort of shake their heads at me, so let's have a look. Who's on social media? Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Couple of hands, excellent. Thank heavens for that. <laughs> but I could almost guarantee that if you're on these social media networks, you'll see at least one thing that offends you quite often. I would say my Twitter, so many times I have to, not so much bite my tongue. I mean, what is the social media equivalent of bite your tongue? Bite your thumb, maybe? But in today's gospel, Jesus names a wide and varied list of things that can cause harm or offence. They're also things that distract us from our faith. They're pitfalls. And he suggests that what one person does can also cause another to blindly follow them without taking the time to stop and think about the consequences of what it is they're doing. The Pharisees, as always, were offended because not only did this teaching go against their very legalistic and very rigid rules, but Jesus also suggested that they were encouraging people to follow them blindly just because of who they were. Their class and their prestige was all the authority they needed. Of course, that raises a pitfall, doesn't it, when we think of the lack of authenticity that may exist in this instance. And we see it all the time. Even today, in 2023, we see it. There's the almost cult following that Donald Trump has managed to amass around himself in the United States. Or the fanatical consumption of that prime energy drink because two YouTubers have made it. Or maybe when we look at the many vanity projects of the new age social media billionaires that go ahead and buy Twitter instead of trying to fix world hunger. And of course, as with all of Jesus' teachings, there's always so many layers. There's always something that we need to dig down to, to dive down to. And I could have filled this sermon slot with instances in scripture where Jesus simply doesn't pull his punches, where he can be quite blunt. And there are times when the blunt nature of his words, they give us pause for thought. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I'm sat reading something in, in the Bible, in scripture, I stop and I think, why did he approach it in that way? And sometimes the answer is simply this, being blunt, cuts right to the heart of a matter. It gets straight to the point. 
even when that point may not be comfortable for some people to hear. And much of the time in this day and age, we're conditioned to soften the blow when we talk to people, to try and reach a concordance, an agreement with what's going on. And almost all of the time, I'd say 99% of the time, that is absolutely the best way to be. But there are some times when that simply isn't enough. There are times when it's shrugged off as something that's less important. Maybe, in a worst case scenario, it's even ignored. However, there's one thing that every single person in this room and on our live stream today knows. We know that Jesus is the Son of God. We know that he was sent to save us all. And so if his words offend us, then maybe it's time to take a bit of a look in the mirror and ask ourselves, why is this offending me? What aspect of my life is Jesus speaking right into here? But I love today's gospel reading because it's a bog off. It's a buy one, get one free. You get two stories in there. The Canaanite woman comes next. She's a woman who, she desperately needs Jesus' help. I imagine at this point she's tried almost everything she can think of. And all of a sudden she sees him. And there's something about him that makes her think, you know what, he can help me. She's a woman who's willing to do anything at all for her daughter. And as a father myself, I can quite happily say there's nothing I wouldn't do for my kids. And so this Canaanite woman, she has actually, if you read the story, just as much reason, if not maybe even a little bit more, to be offended with Jesus. Now Jesus does a wonderful thing here. He actually plays bad cop a little bit. And I, I find myself thinking, it's the way he does it that reaches this woman. Because he says, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Now think about it. If any of us had approached Jesus to ask him for help, and then he received the response that he gives her, we get that, well, shouldn't really take the kids' food and throw it to the dogs, should you? We'd be flawed. And this woman, she had so much on her mind. Her child's in desperate need of his help. And then if things couldn't get any worse, Jesus says, well, you know, I haven't really been sent to minister to you lot. I've been sent to sort out the, the members of the Jewish community. Indeed, there was a saying at the time in that area that likened pagans to dogs. Although, in the true fashion of Jesus, he uses the term puppies when you translate it to soften it a little bit. And yet it comes good. In verse 28, Jesus says to her, you have great faith. Now, one of the Greek words for great is mega. Mega faith. It's not good faith. It's not big faith. It's not brilliant faith. It's mega faith. How amazing is that? She doesn't just have a, a good faith. I imagine most of us in the world think, yeah, I'm a fairly good Christian. I'm a fairly solid Christian. How many of us are mega? And then, if you go back and you look at the history of the area, everything was wrong with this woman in terms of Canaanite and Jewish relations. She was the wrong gender. She was a woman, for starters. She was the wrong religion. She was a pagan. She's the wrong nationality. Well, she's a Canaanite. But she still spoke up. She still 
went to Jesus, she still said those words, Lord, help me. Because she saw the simple naked truth that Jesus Christ could save her daughter when nobody else could. And often, the voices that tell us were wrong, she, she would have known all of this. She would have known that he was a Jewish man who his disciples called rabbi, so he was educated to a degree, I guess. She would have thought, you know what, I can't really speak to him. What do I do? But she took the plunge and she went for it. Because quite often, those voices that tell us were wrong, they come from within. And over the years, I've heard a lot of wrongs. I've heard how wrong I am. I've heard wrong background, wrong accent, wrong look. Oh, yes. But my friends, Jesus sees past all of that. And not one of us is useless to him. Not one of us is there to be discarded. This woman who was, who was wrong on so many levels, and I say that word in bunnies, she was wrong on so many levels. She put herself to one side because there was something bigger at stake here. And it's one of those moments where you read it and you sit back and you think, my gosh, what have I just read? Because that woman wasn't offended. She wasn't hurt what had been said. She didn't have a fragile ego. Indeed, her ego wasn't anywhere in the equation. She remained so focused on what she needed to do. Her thoughts weren't about her need to be right or her need for respect. Her, her, her thoughts didn't even focus on feeling hurt. Her faith said to her, you need his help. And nothing at all was going to stop her from going in front of him and saying, Lord, help me. And the thing is, my friends, every single one of us in this room today and indeed on the stream and all over the world that call Jesus Lord, we have that inside of us. We have that calling, that need for Jesus. In respect, again, of this Canaanite woman who, I've got to be honest, I've got so much admiration for. Jesus heals her daughter because he's so moved by her ability to step away from herself, to leave her own self there. It's even more remarkable when you think about the tensions between the Hebrew and Canaanite races. The two aspects of our gospel are very much opposed. You see, the Pharisees, they immediately see the insult. They grab their sabers and they start rattling them and they take it to heart and they're offended by the very fact that someone dared to challenge them. The woman, go ahead, take a shot at my ego. I don't care. My daughter's at stake. The two stories, my friends, deliberately pull us out of our comfort zones in different ways. They ask us to examine ourselves, to look deep inside of us and say, how would we react in each of those situations? Are we like the Pharisees? When we're challenged, we immediately go on the defensive. Or are we like the Canaanite woman who sees things bigger than ourselves? My brothers and sisters, it's oh so easy to take offense, to write a situation off and to walk away. But I would urge you, my friends, be like the woman in today's gospel. Take that approach of stepping away from yourself. Let the faith you have in Jesus guide you. 
don't be afraid, warts and all, to come before him and say, Lord, help me. Because we never know the doors our faith can open. That woman, her daughter would not have been cured had she not put herself aside, stepped out and said those words, Lord, help me. Don't be afraid, my friends. Go before him. Remember those words, Lord, help me. Amen.